Guys, before we get into today's episode, I have a really important announcement I want to make sure you do not miss. March is going to be a really exciting month in the Primal Potential universe, and I wanted you to be the first to know that I am hosting a completely free training on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You do need to register, and the easiest way for you to do that is to just find me on Instagram and message me with the word tips, T-I-P-S, tips, and I'll send you the link to register. Otherwise, I'm going to make a point to put it in the show descriptions, but message me tips. It'll go to you automatically. Get in touch with me in any way you can if you want that link to register, and for some reason you can or can't figure out how to message me with the word tips, but that's going to be the easiest way because here's the thing. There's a lot of things that we want to be able to do intuitively, automatically, without so much hard work and effort. But to get to the point where you're doing it intuitively and as a matter of habit, you've got to do it intentionally. And that comes with a lot of challenges, whether those challenges are our own excuses, our fears of failure, All of the past times we've tried and failed that make us doubt that we can do it, or maybe it's social situations that pull us away from our goals. I want to walk you through a process of creating your own personal protocol that takes into account all of the unique factors about you, your preferences, your lifestyle, your most common excuses, your fears and your doubts. And I want to take you through that process live in a format where I can answer your questions in real time. And we're going to be doing that on this free training that again is Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Find me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Message me the word tips, T-I-P-S, and I'll automatically send you that link so it can happen really fast. You don't have to wait on my reply. That's the best and easiest way. I'll also, moving forward, make a point to put the link in the show description, but I really want you to be there. It is live. You do have to register. It is Thursday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Mark your calendar. Make sure to register. I also have some pretty exciting announcements Maybe the most exciting things that have happened in Primal Potential in the last almost 10 years or coming up on 10 years, I really want you to be there. Message me the word tips. I'll automatically kick you that registration link. If for some reason you can't do that, send a smoke signal, flag me down, find a way to get in touch with me. I want you to be there. Mark your calendar now, and I will plan to see you for that live training Thursday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I hope you are having a great day. Elizabeth Benton here, and I am so confident that today's episode is going to make it even better. 
This is the kind of episode that I believe will be a really practical tool that allows you to help yourself, that allows you to break through some of the sticking points in your life where maybe you feel like you are not making the progress you wish to make, where maybe you feel a little bit stuck. Before we get into that, though, I want to give you a heads up about a free resource that is now on Primal Potential that was not there before. I have been doing a lot of work to improve Primal Potential, the podcast, as well as the website. I basically want to make sure that you have everything you need to take action, all the resources, all the tools to help you help yourself. And one of the ways that I'm doing that is bringing back some ebooks that I had written in the past. I used to sell them and I decided I just didn't want to be in the selling ebook business. So now I'm bringing them back as free resources. And there is one available now. There will be more. I will let you know as soon as they become available. The one that is available now is the Hormones and Fat Loss Strategy Guide. The Hormones and Fat Loss Strategy Guide, the simplest way to find it right now is to just go to the show notes page for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 560, primalpotential.com forward slash 560. You can get it there, or you can just DM me, direct message me on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton, and I can send it to you that way as well. This particular strategy guide I put together because so many people just felt screwed by their hormones, like it was something they couldn't control, an external factor that was messing up their mood and messing up their body and messing up their energy, everything. The truth is that there are so many ways. We can optimize our hormones, simple strategies we can put into place today. So this free guide not only explains the influence that hormones have on everything from your body composition to your mood to your energy levels and your appetite, but also how the role of hormones is different from the role of, say, calories in body weight. I explain that in a lot of detail. And then most importantly, it includes what you can do about it things you can put into action today to help you feel better and look better. So you can get it totally free. Go to primalpotential.com forward slash 560. That's the show notes page for today's episode to get it there. For today's episode, a couple weeks ago, I was interviewed on a podcast called Mind Love, and we had a really fantastic conversation. I hope you'll check out that episode. We covered a huge variety of topics and how I work with clients. And when we were chatting, the host, Melissa, said something in passing about how she uses questions as one of her most important tools to help her clients change. And I was like, okay, we're not going there right now, but we are so going there as soon as we can. And after the call... I invited her on my podcast to talk about that, questions as tools for creating change, how we can use questions to help us help ourselves make change more easily. That is what we are diving into on today's episode, and I want to dive right into my conversation with Melissa, a modern mindfulness coach and host of the Mind Love podcast. At the end, I will absolutely share with you and allow her to share with you how you can learn more about the work that she is doing 
and connect with her and all of the great things she's putting out into the world. All of that information will be on the show notes, primalpotential.com forward slash 560. But for now, I want to just share with you the conversation I had with Melissa. I'd love to start off really broad in general with why you feel like questions are so important. I think that questions are the most powerful tool that I've been able to bring myself out of some of my darkness. And the the reason comes from a few different areas. I'm the type of person that I can't just listen to one thing and blindly follow it. I need support from multiple areas. So I started to realize when I was in my own crisis mode and having a hard time getting out of it, what is going on here? I had volunteered for the Suicide and Crisis Counseling Center after a close friend of mine committed suicide. I realized when I help people through things, it really helps me heal. So I was doing this for myself to understand what my friend had been going through. And one of the things that I learned that tweaked something in my mind was that most of the things that we are expected to say when somebody is in crisis mode, where we first think to help are the wrong things because we want to say, well, I went through this and, and this is how I got through it. But what they perceive, especially in crisis mode is that why is it so easy for this person to come to these conclusions and get themselves out when it feels impossible for me? Mm. So it's disempowering. And I remembered that and I held on to it. Then later on in life, I started to realize while going to therapy that the moment somebody seemed to be coming to a conclusion about me, I would logic my way out of it because I feel, I think we each feel that we're not in a bucket. We're more (laughs) complex than that. And so I would get almost defensive. And so I started to think, I remember sitting on the floor in my bedroom having a crying fit and I, w- I would just go through these really emotional times. It was like everything I had gone through would pile on at me. And it was it was a whole body experience. And I would, I would do these deep cries like once a month or so. And it felt healing for me, but I didn't really know my way out. It was just something I accepted. And suddenly these past things started popping into my head. It was like my inner knowing of, around questioning. And so questioning what I was going through and the beliefs. And in doing that, it's like this way to peel back the layers of these things that you hold to be true that you're not recognizing holding to be true. And so for me, there was a lot of healing I needed to do around an eating disorder and depressive thoughts. And so I had to ask myself, one of the things was I couldn't imagine getting out of the spiral of shame. And so I had to ask myself, well, do I know for certain that there is a future where I can't heal? No, I can't know that for certain. And so that was my first way of cracking through that, where it was like this ingrained beliefs of this is going to be something I'm dealing with forever to wait, if I can't say for certain that it's going to be forever, then there's a way out. And then asking another really broad kind of non non uh, threatening question for my current state of beliefs. And the more I did that, the more I got so involved in self-inquiry and realizing that it's not even just about healing. Self-discovery can open up doors to what we never thought was possible. And so that's kind of my whole premise of life now is realizing that if you can question your current state of beliefs, you can you can open up a lot of the limitations and the narrow thoughts that you've been holding yourself to. 
That is so real and so true. And I am genuinely excited because I just know this is going to be a game changer for everyone who hears it. When you said, you know, that you would question, do I know for certain that, you know, I cannot get past this, I cannot get through this, I would ask myself, do I have one good choice in me? Because I was locked into this way of thinking, I can't, right? I'm an emotional eater. I always turn to food. I'm inconsistent. I can't stay motivated. And that one question was like, okay, don't worry about whether or not you can do this for the rest of your life because you don't have to. Do you have one, one, one good choice in you? And the answer was always, well, yes, of course. Like, that's almost silly. But the thing that really speaks to me about questions, and you just really tapped into it, is that when we rely on our own answers without questions, when we don't question the way that we're thinking, it locks us into the same way of thinking. So just as you said that when you question the way you're thinking, you open yourself up to new possibilities, when you don't, you can't possibly change because you're stuck in this cycle. This is the way I've always thought, so I get the same answers over and over and over again. But questions break that shell wide open. So that is like, that is so good. When you're working with clients, how do you, once they understand, because I think anybody, even if we're a few minutes into this, can say like, okay, that makes sense, but how do I start? So many of us are in such a pattern of seeking answers and in going so quickly with the conclusions that are familiar to us, how do we start to even ask ourselves questions when it matters? Well, first I have to figure out what is it that wants to be changed? Like what is the thing that that feels limiting to you? Because a lot of us do have that it's hard to start with a question when you don't really know what, what else is going on. So where are you feeling trapped? Mm. Where are you feeling disempowered? Start there. And I start, I love how you said that you started with, do I have just one thing in me? Because those are the ones that are going to open us up. It's the very, the, the least threatening questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, if, if the, a lot of us try to go in with, affirmations and they, they, we write something down, but there, there's so much of our body and soul that doesn't believe what we're saying that Mm -hmm. it's not penetrating or we're just wasting our time. Mm -hmm. And so instead feel, I think it's so important to bring ourselves back to the body because we're, we live in like a cognitive world. It's thinking our way out of everything. We don't, we aren't taught to sit there and feel these feelings in our bodies. And this is something that I had to get back to. (laughs) It's something I had to learn from scratch just a few years ago because everything in my past was, was cutting myself off from my body. And I think our body speaks to us more than we know. So even when we're meeting somebody new or when we're considering a new goal or when we have a vision of our future, how are you feeling? Are you contracting in? Are you feeling expansive and full of possibilities? That's going to be some of the first steps on when when you're held back. So I think a lot of us don't know the need that we currently have. It's like Henry mm. Ford said, 
if if I would have asked the people what they want, they would have asked for a faster horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it, it reminds me of that. And a lot of the times we're trying to solve our problems with a solution that doesn't fit the real problem. Yeah. I think a lot of the times what what needs to be healed is layers deeper than we think. So for the longest time, I thought that I needed to just heal my relationship with food. But why was my relationship with food so messed up? What was deeper than that? What was even deeper than that? And it's taken me until just the past few years to realize that it all started with self-love. And I didn't understand that with the ways for years that I had been working with it because I, I, would cling to my first question or my first thought of what it might be and just go from there. But if you can sit in stillness with yourself and feel what your body is telling you and feel where you feel resistance in a conversation, whether it's with yourself or another person, and then start to scratch that surface, it, it can be a lot more eye-opening and, and it'll actually get to the root instead of just staying on that surface level. I think that is really sage advice. And I I think that it's very simply put for people who are getting started. And I know you are a yoga teacher and I am not, but it makes me think about, um, I, a couple years ago, gave myself a challenge to do 30 hot yoga classes in 30 days. And afterwards, I put together a series of lessons that I learned on the mat that have broader applications to life. And one of them was, that tension is the beginning of the pose, not the end. And I say this a lot, and it makes me think about what you were just saying in terms of listening to your body. What in your life do you feel confined by? Where is the tension? Where you mentioned struggle, like what, you know, where is there this struggle in your life? But if we think about the areas of our life where there is tension and seeing that not as the place to turn from, to resist and to resent, but to lean into as the beginning of our work and not the end of our work is a really great place to start asking questions. And one of the questions that I have found most helpful is what else is true? Because all of the things that I said, and you just alluded to this when you said like my first thought, and I would just have this tendency to go with the first thought that I had. But just asking that one question, what else is true? Because if I was driving home and the only thing I could think about was how I wanted to binge, or if I had gotten in a fight with my boyfriend or my husband at the time, and all I could think about is how they messed up, how they let me down, just asking what else is true opens me up to a totally different, a totally different world, a totally different perspective, and most importantly, a totally different opportunity. So for me, that question, what else is true, or do I have one good choice in me, have been really pivotal questions that I still use. Do you have maybe just two or three questions that you really connect to that you find really useful or that maybe you use most frequently with your clients? Like, are there a couple that just really speak to your heart? Well, there's a couple things. First, I love that you're even just the word choice of what else is true, because I think it's so important when we go into self inquisition that we don't disempower our first thought, even yes. though we're trying to get around that first <laughs> thought, but you're not saying that's not true. This is mm-hmm. because immediately 
that ego and all of that, all of the stuff that's been holding us back before is going to pop up and say, oh, I'll show you how true this is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll make a case for it. We'll convince ourselves. And and then we'll spot everything else in our reality that confirms that bias. So I love that. Yes. Um, I do really like starting. It depends on what level that we're at. So are we just trying to get a hold of our mindset? Because in that case, I do really like the question of when you just question an initial belief that you find holding your back, you back, like it, do you know for a shadow of a doubt that this other thing isn't true or that this isn't possible or that this is going to be your reality forward? Because that is the first step to really cracking the next underlying questions. And it's funny because I use that same question too. Well, then what else do you know to be true? Mm -hmm. What other truths can you find? I do really like digging into when, when people got, get beyond that first hard candy shell, as I call it, I like to kind of get into the, the chocolate of the M&M. Mm. <laughs> I don't know where this analogy is coming from, but, um, <laughs> chocolate's good. Chocolate's good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm hungry. Um, but yeah, when I like to also work backwards. So if nothing was holding you back, where's that ideal stand for you? And so where a lot of people I think get tripped up is they show the ideal and then they start to see the gap between here and there. Mm -hmm. But instead, if you can figure out your ideal and really understand that desire, because I think that desire is really a map to what our soul's calling is. And so you wouldn't have that desire if it wasn't in some way possible for you. And that's why we all have different desires. So take that big desire and then start chopping it to more more conceivable goals and get it down to one that you feel you don't feel so much resistance in your body. And so again, it comes back to the body. That for, That big goal is going to feel oh my gosh, all of these limiting beliefs are, how can I ever get there? You know, I would have had to have started 10 years ago to get to that financial goal or that health goal or that career goal, whatever it is. Don't think about that big gap, break it down to like, okay, well, if it's in five years, then what needs to happen in one year? What needs to happen in a month? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden these things start to be like, okay, well, I can do that part. And when you start to think that, then then it makes it a lot more accessible. And so I like to do that to start with a goal because I I really prefer forward thinking than dwelling on all the reasons from our past that we might be this way, which right. I think it's important to acknowledge those things. But also you acknowledge it, you thank it for its service. I think we get really judgmental around our own blockages when really it's important to understand that a blockage is there for to protect ourselves. It's it's this part of ourselves. I like to view it as my inner child and thank it, assure it that it's fine, and then move on from our goals from there. So then you have this more accessible goals. And then it's, I like to ask questions around the mindset blocks of, of unlocking the idea that it's possible. So who mm-hmm. else is doing this that I see around me that this is possible? Who can be an accountability buddy? Do mm-hmm. I know that my that my next step can make progress towards this. So I think those are all mindset blocks too, is when we, we have a goal and we're, we start to practice. So say we want to learn Spanish and then we're practicing for 15 minutes and you don't feel like you got anywhere. And so you start to doubt if this is actually what the 
what it'll take to get to that goal. So when you really understand that not only is this goal possible, it's achievable, you have it broken down, but now I see other people that are that have made this possible also that have actually achieved this. I know that this action that I'm taking brings me closer to this. All of those things are chipping away at the belief system that this isn't possible for me. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to something you said about not dismissing or trying to tell yourself that that initial thought isn't true, because I could not agree with you more that that's so important, because sometimes the big issue is that we feel our intentions are at odds with our desires, right? Whatever it is, I really want this change, but I feel this way, and therefore, because they're at odds, I can't move forward. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I want these two things that are at odds, which is, I just want to give that a couple more minutes of discussion because I think it's such a barrier for so many people. If they, you know, want to get out of debt, but they also really want to live life to the fullest and they feel like that means spending and that saving means they're not enjoying life to the fullest. And so if they perceive these two things at odds, or I really, really want these sweets I really want sugar. I really want to go out with my spouse and enjoy an indulgent meal. And also, I want to eat really well and lose weight. It's okay to have these conflicting thoughts. And it's also exactly why these questions are so true. Because there there is, I, I talk about this with my clients and in my book about like the complete version of truth and the incomplete version of truth. And we often make decisions based on an incomplete picture of the truth or an emotional corner of the truth or a familiar corner of the truth. And the power of questions is just not trying to convince yourself of an alternative reality, but rather trying to consider the big picture, right? You wake up in the morning and you don't want to go to bed and you don't want to go to work. That is one part of the truth. But the bigger picture of the truth is that you really want your job and you don't want to lose it. And you might lose your job if you don't get up and go to work. But we we think in complete thoughts when it comes to areas where we feel like the stakes are really high. But when it comes to self-care or food or relationships or communication, Oftentimes we just go with that very familiar, very well-worn, convenient corner or emotional corner of the truth. And I just, I cannot thank you enough for bringing to light how important it is to acknowledge the fact that the truth can be at odds with the ultimate solution. And that's not a problem. That's actually really common. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. And one thing I... I had a hard time with when I was going through my own healing from some really bad habits. I mean, I was heavily bulimic for a full decade and I would sit there binging and purging and binging and purging. So I understand that feeling of driving to the grocery store and buying $30 worth of just junk food. That's like a dollar each and literally doing That's what my whole day would be. It was a nightmare And I didn't know how to stop it. And so, so much of it though, something that really helped me was understanding how the brain works. Because when you're in your deepest, 
depths of your bad habits, it is hard to imagine a reality around that. Mm. Like that, that is such a strong pull that you're like, okay, yeah, I can make a different decision right now, but this decision is hard. Is it better for me to just give up? Like those decisions of not doing that for a full day was so hard for me that I was like, this isn't sustainable. I can't do this every single day. It's too hard. Mm -hmm. And so when I started to understand how the brain works and how these neural connections are just reinforced and every decision that you make is either further strengthening that er new, that old neural pathway or creating a new one. And so it's just the time. So I like to just picture it as like trotting a path in a forest and one is just so clear, but and that's the one that we're used to going. And so to create this new one that maybe isn't in a toxic field, <laughs> you mm -hmm. have to start chopping the hedges. And it's going to be more work those first few times. But it gets easier and easier and easier until one day that new neural connection that you spent time consciously creating and pruning and creating this little oasis for yourself, that's going to be stronger one day than the old one. It's not always mm -hmm. going to be so hard to make that other decision, it's going to start feeling crazy that you made the old one. One of the things that you say on your website is this phrase, modern mindfulness. And I wanted to talk about that for a second, because with my clients and my listeners, what a struggle is for many of them is paying attention. And they feel like, yeah, okay, I'd love to ask these questions, but I'm in such a routine that I don't think about it until afterwards. And so, yeah, it's great in theory to challenge myself to be more mindful and pry into these thoughts, but they're so automatic. And it reminds me of the Viktor Frankl quote that says, between stimulus and response, there is a pause. And in that pause is your power and your freedom. But for a lot of people, they're rushing right through that pause, almost to the point that they don't feel like it's there, that there is no time between the thought that triggers the behavior and acting on that behavior. So how does modern mindfulness play into this? And how do you help people who feel like they're just not thinking about these questions until the moment when they needed them has come and gone? I'm glad you asked this because one of the reasons that I like the term modern mindfulness is because I noticed a resistance from people just in the word mindfulness. If they're not in the space and they've they've attributed mindfulness to yoga or something like that and they don't feel connected to it, then they automatically kind of chop <laughs> chop that solution off. Mm -hmm. So I have a new way of looking at mindfulness and it's just, well, it's just realizing that mindful, it's bringing your mind into more activities. And so I realize that there's a split second between the trigger and the action. So what I like to do is I am a firm believer in when you are feeling good, when you're in a higher frequency, when you're having a strong moment, sometimes that might be the morning or something really good happened. That's when I like to lay out my action plan. And so some of these include all like if I'm trying to break a habit, I did dry January this month, so I haven't been having my glass of wine that I really like. So mm -hmm. I 
I wrote a list of the alternatives that I wanted instead of wine. But I didn't do this when I was craving wine. I did this when I was when I was waking up in the morning doing my morning routine, just had a great meditation session and and I was pumped up about my goal. I wrote down different teas that I could buy. I went and bought loose leaf teas that I wouldn't normally purchase. I bought a specific tea mug and I created an action plan. So with that, I got almost just as excited for my action plan. I did the same thing when I realized I was eating way too much chocolate. I I got like some really healthy cacao recipes that sort of fed the need, but creating an excitement rather than feeling like you're sacrificing. And so this can be done with with any new habit that we're trying to create, I do it with my goals too, where I want to, I want to complete three of the tasks towards my goal every single day. And then I have a reward or when I'm feeling low, instead of indulging in those low feelings, I have a list of, of higher vibration activities like taking a walk or like, um, cuddling with my dog even, or listening to good music or dancing it out. And so when you create your plan in your higher vibration or in your just when you're in a stronger state of thought and you have that to refer back to as a concrete thing, like literally a list on my fridge or something very accessible for me to turn to, it makes it a lot easier to take action towards something that you can't think of when your brain is in a state of almost crisis, when Mm -hmm. you're already trying to make, just trying to fight off this feeling. The more you can let, like you said, sink into the resistance, let go of fighting against it and find a way to be expansive in that moment and make decisions from there, it can be really, really helpful. And again, just the idea of awareness, we are so used to numbing. Social media is a form of numbing, not sitting in stillness with ourselves is a form of numbing. It's escaping this deeper version of our consciousness. The more we practice that, even if it starts as one minute a day, the easier it becomes. You're strengthening that neural connection and it builds upon from there. So knowing that your effort is going to create progress, it's not going to always be this hard, but find a way to make it fun while you are trying to make these changes. I talk about enthusiasm as a superpower all the time. That when, and we all have the ability to manufacture enthusiasm, it just takes effort just like manufacturing a more peaceful state of mind takes effort, but enthusiasm is a powerful tool. And the other one that I remind myself of, and I read this uh, from Mark Nepo, is that slowness remembers and hurry forgets. And I tell myself that to remind me to stop multitasking because It's not so much that I need to do less or slow down, but when I feel like I don't remember to do the tool, to do the things, to use the tools that I want to do, it's usually because I am doing multiple things at once. So I'm eating while I'm putting on my mascara or while I'm driving or while I'm reading emails, but slowness remembers and hurry forgets. And so if I can just take things one at a time, my mind has more capacity to remember all of the things that are already there in my mind. They're just less accessible when I'm doing a million other things. 
And that has just been a really powerful mantra for me that I still come back to every freaking day that slowness remembers and hurry forgets. I love that. It's, it's, um, I just wanted to add to that real quick because I have to stop myself from multitasking too. I used to pride myself on it, but when you really realize, like, I really just love thinking of things in the way of neural connections because it makes me realize that it's not just about this time. The more we multitask, the more we're training ourselves to not focus on a single thing and the harder it's going to be to focus on anything that we're doing. And the more we bring ourselves back to the present moment, the more we bring that awareness to consciously create a future. So I really like that motto of yours. I got to give credit to Mark Nepo. His, uh, the book of daily awakening, I think that's what it's called, is uh, always giving me gems that I find myself writing all over my journal and reminding myself of incessantly because we all have a tendency more now than ever to be doing many, many things at once. But that is at the detriment of our own peace of mind and our own capitalization and opportunities that present themselves to us constantly to use the tools that we already have. So if we just free up some of those mental resources by not multitasking, we will be much more ready to implement and engage in a way that right now might feel like a lost opportunity. Exactly. I think that you are a a brilliant voice in this space and wise beyond measure. Where can people connect with you and learn more about your story, uh, your work in the world? How can people learn more about you? Because I know that after hearing this, that is what they're going to want to know. Well, my podcast is called Mind Love, two words. You can find it on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And you can also find me on my website at mindlove.com. So I have some great transformational courses that I've come out with, um, with a lot of success that really take things step by step. And Uh, You know, a lot of times when you're listening to a podcast, it can be hard to remember all of the things that you're learning. So I've created some ways, uh, daily inspirational email and some workshops and things like that to where you can create an action plan for yourself and really unlock the possibilities. Our minds are these magic things that we barely understand. Somebody once said that if we if the amount that we currently know about the brain was a distance and what the amount that we could know was a mile. We've only walked three feet right now. So there's Mm. still so much to be discovered. And it fascinates me when we learn that the the power, the true power that we have. And it's, it's so rewarding because the more layers that you go, the more, the closer you get to your authentic self. So I'd love to connect with anybody who's interested in these topics on my podcast at mind love. Thank you so much, Melissa. I just have so much fun chatting with you. And I hope we can do this again, because we definitely uh, are on the same wavelength with a lot of our ideas. But I just love the way that you bring them into light and the way that you talk about your own experience. It's inspiring. I will link to the ways that people connect with you on the show notes over at primalpotential.com. Thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself with us today. Thank you for having me, Elizabeth. It was such a joy. All right, guys, so you can go to primalpotential.com forward slash 560 to learn more about working with Melissa as well as to check out her podcast, which is called Mind Love. 
two words and to hear my episode on her podcast, which just aired very recently. So head over to primalpotential.com forward slash 560 to learn more about working with Melissa and also to learn more about working with me. Questions are one of the single most powerful tools that we both use. My next 12 Weeks to Transformation group kicks off on Sunday, April 7th. But I've been giving a lot of sneak peeks, teasers, and additional information to folks who are on the waitlist. Registration always opens up to the waitlist first. So if you head over to the show notes page, you can learn more about that. You can get on the waitlist or you can go directly to primalpotential.com forward slash transform primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Learn more about the 12 Weeks to Transformation, what it is, how it works, what's included. All of that stuff uh, is at primalpotential.com forward slash transform. But before we go, I have been saying that I want to share more of your wins, so keep sharing them with me. You can email me. Tell me your win. Big, small, what's going well. You can direct message me on Instagram. Absolutely anywhere. Jamie emailed me the other day to say that she went away on a girls weekend and she tried my recommendation of the artisanic coconut butter packets because she wanted to go and have a great time, but she didn't want to come back and feel defeated or frustrated or like she broke promises that she made to herself or that having fun meant not taking great care of herself. She was excited to walk that middle line where she was having fun and enjoying herself and indulging, but not crossing that line into where she felt disappointed in herself. And she said she made that happen. What she did was wake up in the morning a little bit earlier than the rest of the girlfriends she was traveling with. She took a minute to have a cup of coffee, a packet of that artisanic coconut butter, and just set her intention for her day. What does it look like today to enjoy myself, but in a way that I feel really good about it afterwards? She tried to stay mindful of that tipping point. At what point will I go into the realm of that wasn't worth it or I wish I hadn't done that and she felt like she stayed on the other side of that line. I am so psyched for her. And I've been sharing with you guys that I've been doing a lot of travel, uh, especially in the first half of 2019. I don't eat these artisanic coconut butter packets when I'm at home, but they really do help me when I'm away. And as this episode airs, uh, I've just gotten back from a trip six days in California. Next weekend, I'll be out of town for a wedding. Then I'll be heading to Europe. And there are three staples that I have already ordered and I have ready to go with me when I'm away. Macadamia nuts, Epic Bars, and artisana coconut butter packets. This is as much, to be really honest, of a money-saving strategy as it is an eating well and avoiding overindulgence strategy. And I think the latter part is pretty clear, but to give you a sense of what it looked like uh, when I was traveling last week or what it will look like when I'm away next weekend at the wedding, like Jamie shared with her girls' trips, I do kind of a similar thing. I wake up early, I have my black coffee, I set my intention for the day when I get hungry, whether it's shortly after waking up or maybe a few hours later, I'll often have that artisanic coconut butter packet right out of the packet. Literally just tear off the top, eat it right out of the packet. Sometimes that's shortly after waking, sometimes it's a few hours later. And then when I start to feel hungry again, 
a few hours after that, I'll have an Epic Bar. I like the uh, turkey almond cranberry flavor as well as the bison bacon cranberry. And then I'll do dinner out. And like I said, it's a money-saving strategy because I'm not spending 20 bucks on breakfast and 20 bucks on lunch. It's more like a total of five or six bucks between the Epic Bar and the coconut butter. And then I feel better about having a glass of wine with dinner or having dessert with dinner because I know that over the span of the day, I'm not giving my body more fuel than it needs, which I likely would be if I were eating restaurant meals on the regular. So I get all three of those things from Thrive Market, and I do that for three reasons. First, it's cheaper because they cut out the middleman. They work directly with the manufacturers of these products. And so because of that, there aren't middleman markups. So their prices are anywhere from 10% to 50% less than what you would find at a traditional grocery store. The second reason is because it comes right to my door. With all of this travel and my work and real life, I don't want to have to rush around making sure I have the staples I need to set me up for success when I'm traveling. So I just order a bunch of it. I have it in the house. When I'm packing my suitcase, I throw them in there. It's convenient. And third, I want to support Thrive Market because they are making it easier and more affordable for people to eat well. And they are helping manufacturers who are creating these products, who might not otherwise be able to afford shelf space in a traditional grocery store, they're helping them build businesses. So I can get behind that. If you register through thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential, you are going to get a free 30-day trial membership and 25% off your first order. So if you want to check them out, and I'll link to this in the show notes, go to thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential so that you can get that free 30-day trial and an additional 25% off your first order. Over on the show notes, I'll link to the Epic Bars that I like as well as to those coconut butter travel packets that I use. So head over to primalpotential.com forward slash 560. You can learn more about Melissa and her podcast, Mind Love, and her programs. You can jump on the wait list for the spring 12 weeks to transformation. And don't forget, you can get that free download, the hormones and fat loss strategy guide. That's going to be over on the show notes page as well. Keep your wins coming because I love sharing them at the end of these episodes. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.